This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 51. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I think you're really going to enjoy my interview with Charles Toomer. And I've just listened back to this interview with Charles. It's not a long interview, but there's plenty of awesome content there. But one of the things that it made me realize that there are five specific areas that top agents focus on to grow their business, improve their listing pipeline, improve their productivity, and basically everything that top agents are doing, I think can be summarized with these five things. Now, I've invented a little acronym. It's PACS, P-A-C-T-S. I couldn't come up with a better name. But I want to go through just quickly what each of these five letters stands for because in the interviews that I've done over the last year, the, the, the 50 interviews with top agents, I think there's a lot of similarities between what Charles is about to share with us and what some of these other agents are, are doing as well. So firstly, P is for priority. These guys are really focused on their priorities. They know what to do next. They know what the important things are. We talk about dollar productive actions or blue dollar actions, dollar productive activity. These are the things that are actually making you money. These are the things like prospecting, doing open homes, doing a listing presentation, getting a price reduction, getting an offer across, uh, those sorts of things. They're the specific areas. Pretty much anything else can be delegated. So the top agents are doing exactly that. So that's priority. They know what they're doing. A is for accountability. There is an elevated or enhanced awareness about personal accountability here. If they say they are going to make 30 connections for the day, they do it, even if it means staying in the office until nine o'clock at night. So they are dedicated and they're committed to achieving these results. So the, the level of accountability is, is so high. A lot of agents will let themselves off the hook. They'll make, a, they'll make a, an appointment for during the time and it just doesn't happen. So accountability is foremost here in, in, the, minds of, in the mind of a top agent. Commitment uh, is super strong. These people are, will do whatever they need to do. Uh, I think all of them without exception uh, have a personal coach who helps them with their career and their real estate business. Uh, I, I think just about everybody that I speak to who, who is a top agent has a coach uh, and they get the information that they need, they get the support that they need, they get the ideas, they use the resources of the coach to make sure that they're doing everything that they can. So I really count that as commitment. Uh, the T is for time management. Uh, goes without saying, I guess, that these people really know how to manage their time. They're very good at saying no because I know how hard it is to get them on the phone for an interview sometimes. So many of them will say no, so I have to keep trying. And I've got to tell you, I don't get everybody. I get most of the people that I go after, but I'm here to help you guys get this information. So that just tells me how good their time management is. The, the S is for systems and training. They have the best CRMs. They have the best uh, processes around I mean, everything that we do in real estate is basically repeatable. So these agents have their systems um, 
finely tuned to work every time. And the team around them, that's the other part of it, the team with the system is the, is the dyna- dynamic combination that, make, that makes it work. You'll hear Charles say that how he doesn't spend time on his CRM, somebody else does that for him. So he's, he's outsourced all of that. Um, that's something that's working for him and helping him get, get the results. So uh, I think you're really going to like this. I've actually put together what I believe are the top 10 tools the top agents use, and I've put them in a little ebook or a little cheat sheet. And if you'd like to download a copy, all you need to do is go to topagentstools.com. That's topagentstools.com. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Okay, let's get into our interview with Charles Toomer. Well, Charles Toomer, welcome to Top Agents Playbook. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, thank you for setting aside some time. Um, I hear you're pretty busy and uh, you and your wife are about to have a baby. Is it your first child? Uh, yeah, well, I'm being blessed with a stepson, so he's six, but mate, this is my, uh, my, my first, so life's about to get turned up, turned on its head. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the excitement levels and stress, stress levels are rising uh, at the same pace, I could probably tell you. I bet. I bet. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's a wonderful time in your life. So, uh, exactly. congratulations. Exactly. Thank you. Charles, give me a little bit of background. Um, how long have you been in real estate? What did you do? Blah, blah, um, blah. What did I do? I, I started off with, with, with John, uh, John McGrath, when I was probably, I think, probably 19 or 20, just doing some leasing there. Right. Um, I, I, I tried to get into sales, but it was a bit premature. Um, I think John at the time had sort of asked me not to sort of go and speak to, or he briefed his agents that, you know, Charles should stay in the leasing department. I I took it along my own back to go and speak to a chap called Shannon Whitney and, um, you know, he took the time of day and, uh, and funny enough, this was in like October and he actually, uh, he'd left and opened up Resig Whitney, I think in January or Feb. So um, I, I took the initiative and, and called him. McGrath's was a great foundation from a, from a leasing background, but I was eager to get into sales. Um, naturally, McGraw at the time were considered, well, they still are, you know, one of the best in the, on, the, on the planet. Yep. Um, anyway, so I jumped ship. I went over with uh, Shannon and Ivan. We started, uh, we started that. with There was three of us there, basically. Um, what I mean, year were we talking, Charles? Uh, geez, well, I finished school in 2000. I, I, I'm assuming, you know, t- 2004. Okay. You know, yep. um, something like that when I was about 22. Um, I was at that organisation for 10 years, so obviously I was working as a, as a PA or a sales assistant to Ivan, uh, which obviously, uh, and Shannon, um, obviously high volume, high performers in their own right, um, then became an agent probably a couple of years after that, and you know, for, for, for 10 years while I was at that company, probably was, was besides the two directors, was, was probably the, uh, the lead agent there, um, right. but a lot of it came down to the habits created um, and the lessons learned from from those two directors in the early days. I think then, sorry, yeah, go on. and then we opened up Bell Prop, and then obviously, you know, um, four years ago, um, I moved and I've opened up Bell Property in Surrey Hills, which is which is our franchise. We've just picked up another franchise down in Green Square Botany Mascot, which is obviously a very much an upcoming area. So you'll probably see us down there soon. Excellent. Um, and we've got about twenty five staff now. Okay. Wow. All right. Let me just unpack. Uh, let me just go back to the Bresic Whitney Whitney days, um, uh, two thousand four, five, six, when you got going there. Tell me, you were new. You were new to sales. Um, obviously, a great time in the market and gaining momentum and that sort of thing. But 
How did you how did you get your leads? Tell me about the day to day actions of a of a rookie sales agent back then. No worries. Um, can you hear me clearly, Ray? Yes. Just to let yep. you know, can you hear me? Good. There's a bit of a broken line coming in through from your end. That's all. That's okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little, it was a little bit broken up. Um, what did we do from the? What did we? What did we do? I mean, our, our main focus. Um, I mean, I think um, if I can give anyone any advice, was naturally uh, working working under or with uh, a high performing agent gives you the platform. Um, of what you need before you go out in the uh, in the open world by yourself. Um, while I was working with, you know, I think it was Ivan and Shannon at the time. You know, my primary focus was to uh, was to be a buy, you know, to work with buyers. Um, you know, what I then did is created very very strong relationships. Uh, we focused on a few things. Um, product knowledge was one. Um, customer service was the other, and buyer work was the third. Those three fundamental basics set me up for obviously my career. You can't do one without the other. You know, yep. you can't do effective buy work without having outstanding product knowledge. Product knowledge um, is not just enough about looking at the website. It's going out, looking at all the properties in your market. Um, funny enough, you'll be seeing buyers in the market at, at the opens and they'll be recognizing you. So obviously that puts you on a little bit of a pedestal. Yep. Then obviously you've got to attend the auctions. You've got to look at the body language. You've got to look at the patterns, the trends. Um, you've got to understand who the underbidders are in the market. So once you have outstanding product knowledge, that can, you can then give outstanding buyer work because obviously you can provide useful information um, to the buyers in the marketplace, and then obviously just giving you know giving good customer service along the way. Um, you know, obviously remembering how you make people feel; they'll never forget that. So, working under a high-performing agent allows you to a meet more buyers, um, obviously open more homes, um, and then you create you see you start to create a, a database. Predominantly, they're going to only be buyers, but buyers become sellers, right? So that that was the first thing that that um. That I think was 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 flooded um, throughout that organisation. Once once I became a standalone agent, um, I suppose it was once again I wasn't focused on the commission. Um, I wasn't focused on making money in the first couple of years. I think if you're a doctor, you go to university for four years. Any serious profession, you got to put put your time in, and there's no financial reward. And I I think I looked at real estate in the same light. My, my job was to go out and give good quality service, speak to as many buyers as I possibly can and start to create a database, not only for today, but for the future. So if any of my agents or, you know, my directors at the time would sell a property on the Saturday, you know, I mean, these guys had enough listings. Um, I, I would go up to them and say, look, do you mind if I do the sold calls? Do you mind if I go back to some properties you sold three, four, five, you know, six months ago? and start to filter through those callback lists and just simply call people and say, hey, guys, it's Charles. We've had the privilege of speaking. Um, I was just curious to see if you're back, if, you, if you're still in the market to buy. You know, I think buyers were a little bit lost back then. I don't think people gave them the time of day. Um, naturally, giving them advice on other properties that weren't my own, uh, where I wasn't going to get a financial return, I think people recognised that as a, as a very, very true quality. Um, that, that they liked about an agent. And then as soon as someone would buy, whether it be with me or somebody else, they'd obviously go on the database. We'd have a good nurturing system in place where they'd get an email once a month from us with sales. They'd probably hear from me if there was a sale in their in their neighbourhood that was close by. I wouldn't bother them with every sale, but if there's a sale in the street, be a very quick call. Say, hey, guys, just thought I should let you know a property sold in your street. I thought it might be useful. 
Um, and then it was just a stay in touch strategy. But when they obviously went to uh, sell and our market had good sort of turnover, it was probably a, a three to five year turn. Um, and, and a lot of it was three. Um, the reward wasn't far away when people started to call you and say, Charles, you, you, you service this as a buyer. You know, we want to we want to we want to talk to you about selling. So suddenly, an agent's giving buyers attention, and uh, and they're in a in a world where buyers didn't get a lot of attention, and and you're building relationships there. That's an awesome yeah, strategy. It's a good strategy, but I think people have caught on now. Yeah, so well, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, this is this is something that I think John McGrath sort of, uh, you know, I know his organisation was big on it, filtered through through the Bressie Whitney organisation and. I think any sort of agent that's doing well now understands effective buyer work or the power of buyer work. So, you know, in today's day and age, yes, you still need to do it, but you, you also need to do it, you know, very, very effective because, uh, like I said, I think most most successful agents will uh, will, will, will be practising it. Yeah, so you're a director principal at Bell Property in, in Surrey Hills. And for those of you who don't know where Surrey Hills, it's in one of Sydney's uh, inner suburbs. Um, and you are listing and selling as well. Can you tell us about your numbers last twelve months, give or take? GCI. Yeah, I mean, listings yeah, look, and I mean, look, it'd be somewhere. I, I, I don't. I think there was somewhere between about sixty-five, seventy-five sales. Um, the GCI was, I, I, I think, somewhere over the one, 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 two mark. Um, wasn't wasn't our biggest year? I think with a growing with a growing business, the time that I'm actually able to sort of um, put into my to, to to my practice in terms of selling. Obviously, is a little bit discounted and compromised, but um, uh, look, still very happy. I mean, uh, with, with, with that um, at the moment, you know, we're uh, we're, we're building. You know, uh, previously we've we've had years where we've we've sold over a hundred properties, and when we're now putting some some measures in place to try and build to try and get back up to that sort of transaction level. Yeah, awesome. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, Charles, is that I know you're a prolific prospector. Can you just and and like what is more important for a for a real estate agent than to be prospecting, you know, on a daily basis. Can you can you walk me through your day, some of your must dos and around prospecting? Yeah, please? I mean, look, I've got it. I've got it. I mean, my diary's changed slightly given the changes to my family in the next, you know, coming up. So I've had to sit down with my coach and and realistically work out my diary that's going to work. So I think the first thing is you need to work out at what type of level you want to work at. Um, you know, uh, if you want to be you know, a first-class agent, you got to put first-class hours in. If you want to be, you know, um, a medium, you know, a, 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 a mediocre agent that sort of, you know, is, is happy with writing okay numbers, then you can put, you know, okay time into it. That's the first thing I think you need to work out. But when you want to work at a high level, I think uh, you need to be very strict about your time. One thing that you can't get more of is time. So you've got to be very, very smart about how you use it. But in terms of prospecting, I mean, I've got a fairly um, – a fairly uh, strict regime as to what it looks like. You know, on a Monday, you know, you'd be calling your hot sellers, your hot buyers, and you're doing your follow-up calls. Um, on a Tuesday, um, you know, you'd be doing the second round of, uh, of those calls. So anyone that you left a message for on your pipeline or your A-seller list, you'd be going through them. Um, you'd then be reaching out on a Wednesday and a Thursday to your, to, to your database. So obviously making you know a lot of database calls and a stay-in-touch strategy and just checking in with people, calling people around sales. Um, and then on Friday, you'd probably be back onto your buyers, your sellers and your pipeline. But um, 
one thing that I've changed slightly about my prospecting, I think a lot of people get caught up in the number of calls. Right. You know, the number of calls, the number of calls. And I sometimes say to my staff, are you being efficient or you are being effective? Um, efficient means that you could probably do 100 calls a day. That's being efficient. You're very efficient. You're quick, you know. But are you being effective? And so for me at the moment is, you know, booking three market appraisals a day, whether I do that in 10 calls or 150 calls, it doesn't bother me. Um, as long as I'm booking my three MAs a day, which is 15 a week, which is 60 a month, you'll be okay um, and you'll write good numbers. So, so in the past where I've probably, you know, like I said, speaking to clients on my database and, you know, looking at the numbers and saying, geez, I need to make another 40 more calls – probably not giving that phone call the attention, uh, maybe asking that extra question that might allow me to get in front of the individual because let's face it, if, you're not in, if you don't meet someone face-to-face, you're not going to list their property. You have to be in there face-to-face. Yep. Even if they're not considering selling and you get an appointment to recheck in, to re-engage, to re-meet, even if they're not selling, they can refer you right? because they've met you. There's a lot of difference between iPhones, iPads, and then eyeballs eyeballs are so much more powerful than like you know that. all this technology so for me you know i'll be i'll be on the phone and someone like yesterday and i'll be like hey guys look you know i was just curious i was just taking the initiative are you doing any buying or selling this year and they go no and i said look just to give you you know just to let you know i'm in your street next week um i'm looking at two other houses while i'm there would you like me to come over and let you know what the new value is given the growth we've had in the last two years now as a homeowner I think you, you, it's like your bank account, right? You want to know how much is in your bank and you want to know how much your house is worth. Of course. So, you know, get just going back in and then they go, yeah, Charles, I said, look, it'll take five or ten minutes. Getting back in there, meeting them, you know, and just re-engaging them just puts you back on the top of the shopping list. You know, and when you're in there, I mean, everything's negotiable. You, know, you say, look, guys, I mean, even if you were going to sell, what would be the main reason? And, you know, they go, oh, no, Charles, the only, reason, the only reason we'd sell is we needed, we need more space. Okay, so if, look, I mean, if a house came up in the neighbourhood that was a little bit bigger and in the price range, should I let you know? Yes, and then you're starting to, you know, you're starting to develop them along the way. Now, um, the other thing is, you know, I mean, everything in this world is for sale. You know, if you've got a $50,000 car and someone offers you 75000 I guarantee you're going to sell it, right? So... And the other thing is if you get into the door and you say, hey, guys, just curious, is there a price that will get you excited to sell? And some people actually say a price that's actually very achievable. So, you know, in, just in terms of your prospecting, be a bit smarter. Uh, like I said, you know, book, have a goal around appointments. I mean, on Monday, you know, I prospected all day. I only had booking two appointments. And then the last call, you know, I, I booked, my, I booked my, my third MA. You know, yesterday I was a little bit lucky. I was feeling a bit flat, but I was managed to come in. I went straight to a callback sheet. I went, I went straight to my database. I isolated 20 people that I had a really good relationship with, and I was able to book three market appointments like that because obviously I knew them. I'm like, guys, it's been a while. Sold you the house. You know, look, why don't I pop over and give you the new value? And that was easy. So, um, my, my big focus is, you know, three MAs a day, 60 a month. If you're doing 60 market appraisals a month, you know, something's got to give. You're going to make it rain. You're going to make it rain. You're going to dance. Charles, do you have a favourite time to, to call, to prospect each oh, day? I think any, at 9 till 12. Yeah. Yeah, 8.30 yeah. till 12, 9 till 12, if you, you know, AM energy. You know, it, it is a big thing, AM energy. Um, so the way that I'm looking at it at the moment is, you know, like if I get up and if I, go, I exercise or if I go for a walk, whatever it might be, 
get in there, your AM, you get it out of the way, whatever distractions happen in the afternoon, don't worry about, well, it doesn't matter. I'll then try and go to a gym session before my appraisals in the afternoon. So, you know, and our business is a lot about energy. It's yeah. 70% energy. If you go back to all the people that I've sold real estate for and I ask, hey, why did you use me and I do this, it's your energy. As much as I think I've got the skills in a lot of other departments, I'm like, really? Fuck it. Oh, sorry, sir. Uh, the, 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 reason you chose, the reason you chose me is because of my energy. When, when, I, when, I develop, when I continue to develop my skills around, you know, whether it be negotiation and knowledge and everything like that, but a lot of it comes back down to energy. Yeah, yeah. Convert your energy to income, which is, uh, which well, is a pretty good thing to live by, actually. Yeah, so um, like I said, I think, you know, you've got to do 9 or 12. You know, it is not negotiable. Charles, tell me, let's just say you're brand new to real estate. It's 20, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a little bit nervous. You've, you've scored this job in a, in a good agency. Yeah. What, what would be the Charles Toomer advice? What, what would you suggest uh, a, a, a new agent do? What, what would I do? Um, okay, first thing, I'd probably go and look for a mentor. Okay. So success leaves clues. You know, that's, that's the first thing. You need to be – you mirror who you hang around. So I would, as a young guy, I would probably go and look at who the best performer is in that agency and I'd just go up and say, guys, I'm new. I'm keen. I, lo- I, I really got a passion for this. Do you mind if I'm, you be a bit of a mentor to me? Um, you know, and, and that might even be just hanging around them during the office, going and sitting and listening, see how they talk, eat, walk, you know. It, it leaves clues. The second thing would be um, – to obviously go 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 and go go and understand those basic fundamentals, like I said, pick a core area, become an expert. If you if you if you're good enough, you're old enough. Go to every open house, go to every auction possible. Uh, make yourself an absolute specialist in a core market. So whether you're just starting out, I remember when I was at my previous firm, you know, I'd be 23, 24 years old, and you know the directors would call me and say, "Hey, mate, what's this worth?" They knew I'd been through. They knew I knew I'd been to the auctions recently, and they were starting to ask me for advice on value. So make sure that you're an expert on your field, um, and then obviously start to do, to do some high effective buy work. The only other thing that I would do would be perfect your pack, perfect your practice, develop your practice. You know, learning is earning. Learning is earning. So there's podcasts available. You've got people like yourself. You've got, you know, you've got Josh. I mean, I won't name them, but there, there, there's podcasts yep, yep. galore. There's out never there been learn. more information. You know, there is, <clears throat> there is, ne- and this is the thing: the level of agents, the skill of the agents, is never been better. You know, when I started, when a lot of these other high performance agents started, the level of competition wasn't as great. We didn't have access to this type of training, and if you're not using it, you're crazy. Because the better agents are, I know now that I'm doing a podcast a day, just listening. I'm doing probably a video a week. I'm listening. I'm learning. I'm perfecting, and I'm 15 years in the business. So you know, if any, if I can give anyone, perfect your practice, develop your skills, listen to podcasts. I've, I've listened to some podcasts five times, and and I'm not a very good learner in terms of um, information uh, coming through to me. I, I need, to, need to absorb it a couple of times. I. I, I don't check my emails. I, I, I get them written out because uh, I, I don't have the uh, ability to, to sit there and write emails. It's not my skill. But, you know, I'll listen to a podcast yeah. five times until I get it. But I tell you, when I get it, 
taught. It's natural to me. So going out and, and listening to podcasts, videos, training, and then implementation, you know, understanding something but then implementing it because a lot of times it goes in one ear, go out the other. A lot of people do things because they get told to do it, but they don't do it because they want to do it. And when you want to do something, um, it is a lot more powerful than if you're doing something. Um, it's like I said to someone the other day, they're doing, they're calling, they're doing some callbacks or they're, they're doing some calls for a property that's sold. And I said, I can give two, the same set of callbacks to the same buyer, to the same agent. One person will get more out than the other. And why? Some people will make the calls because they think that's what they have to do. The other person will go in and say, I'm going to get something out of this. I'm going to add value to every single person on that list. And I can tell you the results will be vastly different um, depending on your attitude. And once again, are you being efficient and you just want to get through it or are you being yeah. effective? Yeah, totally. Well, Mate, there's some absolute gold there. I've just been making notes here, and I'm going to put a lot of these on the show notes. I, I'm completely out of out of questions because I think you've pretty well covered everything. Um, it's it's been an inspirational session. I want to thank you. Um, it's a like I said at the start, such an exciting time in your life. Thank you. Uh, we'll be watching your career with interest, and uh, thank you. I'm looking forward to keeping in touch. You've been listening to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly sponsored by Locked On, real estate's best software. For show notes from this episode, free downloads, your Locked On Discount for Life link, and Ray's blog, head over to topagentsplaybook.com.